Welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Twitter, at BK Glue Guys, Almighty Baller Network, and of course, NetsDaily.com. Brian. Michael, you did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we made it. We did we did something. We did a thing. We we made it all the way to the trade deadline, and yeah. we are out the other side, and we're fine. Everyone's okay. Nets Nation is fine. Um, yeah, yeah, man. We uh, honestly, you know, I think everyone's feeling pretty positive about uh, what went on today. No, it, it's pretty funny, especially after the Boyan Bogdanovich trade. And we're going to get all into it. I mean, this pod is going to go. We're going to go ankles deep, at least, into mm. the trade deadline. Mm. That is deep. Um, but. Like NBA Twitter yesterday after the Boyan Bogdanovich trade uh, was like, yeah. you can already see Marx is a little bit the darling. Like mm-hmm. the crew, like the crowd of NBA Twitter just wants Marx to do well. He's at that level at this moment. Can I say something? I, I think do. you maybe missed an opportunity. This is just a personal thing between you and me. Don't let anyone like this is this is just for you and me. Sure. I, th- I think you let an opportunity pass you by because I you might be the only person alive who is really you know studied and knows a lot about both the nets and the wizards and uh i really didn't see your your twitter pro- i mean you you did you did you did tweet a fair bit but uh i was hoping for that to break out to the more national stage also i was hoping for that to break out to the what i assume you have another uh, a dual life and there's a wizards crew that you're tweeting at and, and things like that that is Maybe actually the case yeah my yeah. my wizards <laughs> friends were tweeting yeah. at my actual human account at Mike right, Smeltz exactly. on Twitter. And uh, and they're like, give me the scoop. So what do you tell – this is my favorite. What do you tell a Wizards fan who wants to know the the deep deets on Boyan Bogdanovich's game? I don't know what you would say, but like I – so the other name that the Wizards were linked to was Lou Williams, and I'd rather Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean I think especially on a team that you, know, you have a good point guard and you already have good guards and all you really need is sort of a guy to fill the gap. You know, Boyan makes a lot more sense than Lou Williams, who would like need the ball. Um, mm. So that trade was pretty successful for Los Nets, I would say. Um, it satisfied sort of exactly what the Nets would want to do. Um, you know, sort of all along, we'd been talking about Brooke. Where's Brooke going to go? How are they going to get first round picks for Brooke? And then when DeMarcus got traded and they only got a first round pick and, of course, then Buddy Heald, of course, but... It was looking like, oh, this is like Brooks' value is really not going to be that high if DeMarcus Cousins only is getting this. Did you hear that story about Vivek uh, like whispering into Buddy Heald's ear courtside when they would when they would plant Sacramento? Like, don't worry, you're going to be on our team. We're going to get you, buddy. We're going to get you. It's so Did you hear weird. That? I would like. I I don't. His, know, you know how like his Trump- fascination his fascination with specific players. I really like. I like. I I admire that in a guy. It's pretty much just guys who are supposed to be able to shoot that can't shoot. Like yeah. Stauskas and Buddy Heal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Sorry, what were you going to say before that? No, I didn't. I, if, like, you know, our president, President Trump, hates <laughs> leaks. But, dude, the Kings are leaky, leaky, leaky. It's embarrassing <laughs> the amount of <laughs> stuff that comes out. But we still Think. haven't found out what that, you know, when Vladi goes up and talks about DeMarcus Cousins. We don't uh, know what the other trade was. 
How crazy is no, that that this no, guy? That's you know what that is, and I mean, obviously, I think everyone you know it can can see through this. Is that uh, he, this is that's the press conference you have when you're like, my boss made me do it. This is my boss made me do it. I think everyone knows my boss made me do it, but and I can't it's pretty, say that. Pretty, I don't want to say dumb. Dumb's not correct. It's pretty uh, not smart of Vladi to then try to do that, like because he is directly calling out Vivek. I mean, that's what that was. That was him saying, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, we could have done something a lot better. I don't know. I mean, whatever. That's so old and done. Boy, yeah, okay. let's, let's well, not talk about it. Okay. So there's two two major moves that the Nets did, I guess, as major as they could have been. And mm-hmm. a and a third thing that they didn't do that was major, Brian. Um the Boyan deal, I think, is a huge win. Just totally from the Nets perspective. First round pick, it's not gonna be that good of a first round pick, but it's like there's a sense that this team and Marks, I think, talked about it today in his little like press conference that this team's going to look international. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And it helps them that they have now two chances in the first round to just grab some seven. There's like 10 seven footers from Europe that are all can all shoot threes and all of them mm-hmm. apparently don't play in their pro league. So does this does this mean like that? By the Did way, you, for, can, you, can you hear that at all? Yeah, I can hear that for those of. Those who don't know, Brian is Skyping in on Skyping the podcast, <laughs> and that's the best. That's our uh, board's it's drop. A, for it's this a pretty, afternoon. pretty ham-fisted jerry-rigged situation here. Um, but hey, we're doing it, man. Out of, out of the back of the trunk, you know what I'm saying? How you how are you feeling about the Boyan trade? I mean, were you? Well, I you know, I, my my big interest is in Andrew Nicholson, obviously, and. Uh, I mean, not that's not obvious, but I am I am com- compelled to learn why the buzz died about Andrew Nicholson because there was correct me if I'm wrong there was some buzz at some point about this guy. No, yeah, there was I, he was like, and that's why the Wizards signed him because he was supposed to be sort of this he's he's seven four wingspan who so could shoot threes at one point. I did what I normally do and just watch just just intravenous YouTube clips uh, all day um, of Andrew Nicholson <laughs> oh, and. <God. laughs> So for me, uh, well, a couple things. I remember Andrew Nicholson um, personally from a summer league game that he played. I think it was his first summer league game um, when he was playing in Orlando, and it was against the Nets. It's the only reason I would have watched it. And he looked. I was like, wow, that's a guy. That's a guy that I wish we had. I on think this that team. was his peak. That was his. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was like 2013 or something. It was a long time ago. Um, but then having watched a lot of clips today and. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're not expecting this to work out. Like that's you, you. You're not seeing a future for Andrew Nicholson just in the NBA. No, Correct? No, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I disagree. I. That's I, no. I'm not. It's not an agreed. Yeah. You just. Just. I'm wrong. Okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be great, but like, um, he has a three more years left on his deal. He's going to the perfect situation where he's actually going to play. He didn't play yeah. in Washington. He's the type of guy that is going to have value at some point. He's only making six and a half million dollars a year. If he suddenly starts shooting thirty eight percent from three, that's a guy that's easily tradable. Right. right So this was this was my hot take, and you kind of ruined it. But I was going to (laughs) say that the reason that you didn't like Andrew Nicholson's game is because just based on on the furious YouTubing I did today, that it reminds me a lot of Andre Blatch's game. Um, No, no, and just no, 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 just in like in the lane, my boy. In the lane, herky jerking a little too long. It seems it it seems like it's gonna go wrong, and then it suddenly goes right. Uh, and then like an occasional step back, you know, long long two or three. And I gotta not, say, not Andre Blatch's game. I gotta say, 
throughout all the Nets analysis that uh, has been out there on the web for the trade deadline, very little Andrew Nicholson analysis. And I, well, I, this is this is why we're I'm here to fill the gaps, man. right? I mean, yeah. because so no one's he's not going to change the fortune of this team, but he is the again the type of guy that could be if he's uh, reclamated in any way could mm-hmm. could be worth something eventually to someone down the road. Probably not the Nets. Um, yeah. So you didn't like my Andre Blatch comparison. I, I'm, I, I'm to, pretty surprised by that, to be honest. To be honest, I Blatch is uh, just so separated from reality to me. Yeah. Like Darren Williams, and we'll talk about this in news around the league, but like the fact that that dude's going to get to go on the Cavs makes me so mad that he's going to that he's going to get to leave Dallas after they they helped him out, and now he's going to get to just ride for a championship on the Cavs. That makes me furious, Brian. He'll he'll sow the seeds of of you know dissent in in the Cavs ranks like he does everywhere. Don't worry, don't worry. It'll be it'll be bad. It'll go wrong. Um, the other move, and this is almost a more important move. So Boyan was you get the first round pick for a guy that most people probably didn't think you would actually get a first round pick for, but they mm-hmm. got him. Part of that was because they took on the Nicholson contract, but that's totally fine. It's what you do when you're that low in salary. KJ McDaniel's Brian. I think we all remember KJ McDaniels was darling of NBA Twitter maybe three years ago. Just dunking on fools. Everyone Just loved him. Furious people, dunks. People were speaking of furious. People were furious that he got traded from the Sixers at one point for yeah. Isaiah Cannon in a second round pick. People were so yeah. mad. But here's the thing that it tells me, okay? There's uh-huh. sort of um two class of GMs in this league. There's uh big just general big picture, like let's just get stars and we'll figure it out and the whole roster, we only care about guys one through seven. The rest of the roster is not really that important. We don't care about D-League. We don't care about international. Basically, the Phil Jacksons, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and I'm not saying Sean Marks has earned this just yet, because, again, I'll bring up Yogi Ferrell. People don't want me to bring up Yogi Ferrell, but I'll bring up Yogi Ferrell. Okay? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, but Marks's trade for KJ McDaniels is the other type of GM, which is, hey, we have 15 spots on this roster. Um, we have room to grab other players who have potential. Why don't we do that? Even if we're bad, he actually added a player. They didn't do this to meet the salary floor. I mean, that actually doesn't doesn't really still, help them. Still shy eight eight uh, eight hundred large. Yeah, and so what's funny about that is I think so if they had not gone to the salary floor, which they haven't, all that means is that the rest of that money gets dispersed out through the rest of the team. So mm-hmm. so like if they, when they were what seven million under the floor. There was like I'm sure the players didn't want them to add anyone because then <laughs> yeah. they would have all gotten that's you know that's yeah. five hundred thousand dollars yeah a, a playoff to, bonus to, to play devil's advocate though do you think the optics are sort of a sensitive issue in this case like you know worst record in the league also not meeting the you know the the floor I don't know is that is that something that anyone cares about what do you think the Nets maybe made this deal because it would look bad if they were under the floor is that what just from that optic sense. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking marketing, marketing, marketing as as ever, you know. And playing devil's advocate, not something I would necessarily align myself with, but just wanted to you know shoot it your way. See what I love you it. Thought, I love it because uh, that's something Philly would have been criticized for just in the past <laughs> few years under Hinky that they were so under the floor and that agents were mad about that because essentially they're taking money out of the rest of the league's pocket. Mm. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Gravis Vasquez, I think, talked to Alex Kennedy from Hoops Hype. Is that who it was? But Gravis Vasquez 
was like effusive in his praise for the Brooklyn Nets. He loves mm. Kenny Atkinson because Atkinson says, if you ever like want to keep working out with us, do it or something, something kind of like that. And he just is like, I love, I love the Nets. They're doing things the absolute right way. Mm. Um, and I guess that kind of feeds into not wanting to not pay any of your players. But there, there is kind of a flood of like positive vibes in general about just uh, like Nets front office in the wake of these deals. That there's a couple of writers that are just like word around town is that you know people love doing business with, with the Nets at this point. Well, and then here's a I'll bring it up because I love Howard Beck. He's he's one of the best. Right. Uh, he said the best possible. I don't know if we're able to pull it up. Basically, it was like. It, it, you know, like how there's a way that people write on Twitter now because we don't have the ability to string together multiple words. So what we do is we put, we just do like one word things like smart, correct, yeah, way to yeah. go. The Nets know yeah. how to do it right now. You know, mm-hmm. just things like that. Like how, I mean, he didn't say it exactly like that, but essentially, yes, that's what he said. And it's like, yeah. I mean, there's a little love for the Nets, even though. So the most interesting thing is, is that they, Oh, this is it. Sean Marks is making small, comma, subtle, comma, very good moves for Brooklyn, um, which is true. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Wait, can I double back a second real quick? Double back, please. Is that all right? I hate to, I hate to like just, just pump the brakes on this thing. I want to get back to Andrew Nicholson and the, the <laughs> oh, reason the buzz died. <laughs> I have a small fascination with this guy. Yeah. Partly because he came into the league and shot 80% from the free throw line for two years and is now at like 50 that says to me, you know, you know, I read into these percentages, specifically free throw line percentages as a as a, a good metric for confidence levels. You know what I mean? Yes. I know that's your whole thing. So so you're saying his confidence is low. So what happened? What did <laughs> what the, what in God's name did Washington do to this poor guy that his confidence fell off the cliff like that? And dude, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, I, I don't like Ernie Grunfeld, but. It's not like Nicholson was a complete bum before he got to Washington. I have to think it's like a a partial uh, um, Scott Brooks thing. Like he just didn't like him. You know. So you're comfortable assigning some of the blame to Washington? That's totally. Your, your oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Very comfortable. Feel very good, good. about that. Um, good. Very safe and secure. Let's do Brooke Lopez right now. All right. All right. So 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 we've got some of the Twitter reaction. You know, I asked people on Twitter, tweet us, let us know what you're saying. And one person said essentially, and let me pull up their tweet and give them some credit. Oh, here, let me give you some. Uh, so now this is Mike pulling up the tweet. Um, James at James K Kai. My thoughts? Question mark. What? Why <laughs> TF Lopez still here? Ah. Why TF? Um, are you well, fine that he's still here? Unless you were dying for Al Jefferson and Rodney Stuckey and a and a crummy pick, you know, then uh, then I think you should be pretty happy for for his being there. I mean, you know, I hate to this is this is a very standard take. This is a medium a medium warm take, and you know I hate a medium warm take. No, I know, Mike. But That's the market the market was established a little bit with the Boogie Cousins trade for for what centers are going for and. You know that's not that's not the market you want to be a part of right at the moment. I think probably, I hate to say it, I hate to say it for for specifically glue guys fans in general, um, but come come draft time, you're going to be hearing a lot more about this. What about and 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 you're going to be hearing a lot more of Mike's hairbrand ideas about what to do with Brooke Lopez. <laughs> well, okay, so there was a couple different roads that were traveling down that now Brooke has continued to be on the team. Okay. Oh, that's what you wanted me to say. Yeah. One road is 
okay, the team, there's no reason to tank because there's no, there's no benefit of not tanking. So the, and Mark's talked about this, that he wants to see what Jeremy Lin and Brooke Lopez could do together. So the one road is, all right, we have Jeremy Lin and Brooke Lopez. We have our one in our five. Um, we have a couple of draft picks we like. We'll have two more that we hope to like in the first round. And we're going to sign someone big. The Cantavius Caldwell Pope, Otto Porter. We're going to give him a max contract. Okay. So the one road is we're keeping Brooke because we think we can be 30 wins next year. And 30 wins is better than 15 wins. And we're just going to continue on that path and move on. And then the other road is that Marx is a person who – this is what you would hope if you're a Nets fan, that Marx is not a just-sell dude. There's guys in the NBA the, yeah. in, in, in the league who are just sell dudes who are just auctioning off parts. I don't think that's good for a franchise because that makes people not want to come to your franchise to play basketball mm-hmm. uh, if you're just being sold off after you sign sure. with them. Um, There's also, you know, the uh – the old argument of stability, you know, just general consistency in, 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 in just a pure basketball X's and O's way. This is, I hate this. You hear the motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, in the background? That great. If I, if I could, I would personally destroy every single motorcycle. I have no sympathy for these people. What, how, like I'm doing a podcast here and I got to listen to your stupid. Mo- anyway, sorry. I'm sorry, Michael. It just really grinds my gears. Um, what was I saying? God damn that microphone. Stability. Awesomeness. Stability. Anyways. Greatness. Yeah. 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 So, but that's like a, another rote take is that, you know, that, that, you know, n- outside of just like fostering goodwill or whatever among like prospective free agents, it also helps to win basketball games. Even if you have, you know, recurrent scrubs, um, those recurrent scrubs will, will produce more wins over time. I think that's an empirical truth. Would you say? I mean, the, the, the only thing I worry about, okay, is that. Let they're not, they, let's say they don't trade him this off season. There's a possibility that they do. But let's say they don't, and they go through all. He's an expiring contract next season. And yeah. let me cl- let me clarify. I'm not saying Brook Lopez is a scrub because I already feel like Twitter is like about to gear up and assault me. No, no, no. just bring no, up Yogi not- Ferrell and how that was a mistake. <laughs> gosh, I can't tell you, people. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the problem that they're going to run into is the fact that every day that they hold on to Brook Lopez is uh, a day less of value that he. He is worth. So they're going to get to a point next season where let's say they stink next season as well. And they have Brooke Lopez and they may not even be able to get a first round pick for him at that point. If the center market is so bad, I mean, Nerland's Noel just got basically casted away to Dallas for nothing. Um, yeah, but somebody was saying, uh, and you know, this is God, I'm, I'm full of these today, but um, the old zig when they zag argument of you see Memphis has had some success against um, Golden State and even Boogie Cousins on his own had some success against uh, Golden State. Are are people going to go all in on getting Twin Towers uh, to combat the onslaught of, of guard-heavy three-shooting teams? I still think that – so New Orleans is interesting because they have Anthony Davis at the four. Where again, mm-hmm. in the perfect world, he should be a five because he's just an amazing like piece to have. But he, I don't know. Should it, I feel like he's a? I feel like he's a he's an easy fit at four. I mean, he's got to be more mobile than uh, than Tim Duncan ever was at four. No, yeah, he's he's a good fit at four. But I think like if you could put sort of the modern day basketball lineup around a five like Anthony Davis, then there's just opens up so many possibilities. Where so now he's chasing around fours, which he can do, but like. 
if it was anybody but Anthony Davis, basically, at that four spot, it's not interesting. Let, let's say Brooke Lopez was put next to – if Brooke Lopez was put next to DeMarcus Cousins, that that would yeah. be horrible. Because yeah. one of those two would be out on the perimeter and just – it would be – they would just be getting, you know, Well, Brooke Lopez, them. yeah, is, you know, is, is a very complicated player. I don't know. It's, it's like super unique because he now that he shoots threes, it's like uh, he does everything that a like – like a, a modern five does, but he does it really slowly and he doesn't rebound. So it's a strange, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a strange fit for a lot of teams. He's a five who has no pick and roll game. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, he does, he picks and pops is mostly it. Uh, but he does have like the push shot in the lane that comes with, a, a, you know, a role occasionally, but yeah, no, it's, it's primarily like robust post low post action and then shooting threes. Now all of a sudden, and that's why it, I was so we had when we had Bobby Marks on. He predicted that someone would make the move, and I am surprised that no one did. Just because he fits so well now, the fact that he can shoot threes is kind of insane. That someone that like offensively gifted can then just suddenly start shooting threes. That he could fit on any team. He's not some like he's a better. I I don't know if this is a fact, but I have to look this. But he's probably a better three point shooter than Serge Ibaka um, at this point. So I just. You know, I'm surprised no one podied up, but like the teams that had multiple first round picks were Boston and Portland. And Portland didn't really seem, I guess, to have that much interest. And Boston obviously is not going to make a move with the Nets. Even though, yeah, again, what, my, my perfect world trade would have been the 2018 Nets pick for Brooke sure. Lopez. Um, a name that we haven't talked about yet, and I wanted to gauge the level of sadness that you feel uh, to see Chris McCullough go. Very um, sad. Very sad. Any sadness? I mean, you're a cute guy, Mike, through and through. You bleed orange, so <laughs> feelings. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, that's a what it was Billy King's guy, right? I mean, that's yeah. I don't yeah. think I think if Mark drafts him, he's not going anywhere because Mark's is wed to that kind of pick. But he can just say goodbye to McCullough. Um, yeah, it's it's weird that the Wizards wanted him in the trade. It's a weird trade overall because it it includes like. It includes Boyan, which is like you would think Boyan for a first-round pick would work. But then they had to throw Nicholson in there. And then McCullough got thrown in the mix where, like, that's just an odd move for a contender to make. To just have, like, oh, yeah, give us a stretchy young guy who will never play for you. So he's never going to play for us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. G- give me something like the, a guy whose ceiling is Markeith Morris, who we already have. Are you surprised that McCullough never really got any opportunity here at all? I mean, Dude, he, I tell you what, and again, this goes back into my uh, my you know wooden gym style of of you know I'm just a, I'm a gut talent um, inspector. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I the the guy's body language is is just the worst. Um, and and even even if you you put out the product on the court, which he not really wasn't doing in in like the minute he got a good amount of minutes last season towards the end and stuff. Well, he was he was playing minutes and. Um, Really d- does not seem engaged in any level, and is also not actually like producing very many, very big numbers. What can you do with that, Mike? What can you do with a guy who whose head seems elsewhere? And it, and it, someone totally did him a disservice by having him come out. I mean, it's like people can make whatever decision they want, but he he's a guy that should have been like getting healthy in college, playing one good season. He should have been. College. He should have been jacked by now. He should have been huge. He, I mean, people people do not take that long to. I mean, he's twenty two. You know, you're at the you're at the age where you're starting to put on some muscle. 
and I don't think he was. I also think they put him in the D League uh, to like showcase him basically because they knew that he would put up decent numbers there and instead of getting eaten alive in the NBA. Um, let's put a bow on the Nets here, okay? And then we'll look kind of going forward about what this team looks like. But okay, happy, cool, Mike. Let's play a game. Happy or not happy? Are you happy or not happy, Brian? Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. I I like um, you know, if nothing else, I I would prefer to be bad with cool dunks, and uh, KJ McDaniel's does does that better than than Boyan Bogdanovich. And there are a couple of other players that are already doing it with Boyan Bogdanovich you know, wants to do on the basketball court on this team. So for me, it's a no brainer um, in terms of just like on court product. And then obviously having a pick is always fun at this point because God knows. Also, I, I fundamentally do trust Sean Marks to, to you. I mean, I haven't gone two for two. It seems like, I mean, I, Isaiah Whitehead's not like, you know, a game changer by any means, but he's almost assuredly uh, a, a, a long-term player in this league uh, and, and seems to be getting better on a, on a, at a quitty, a pretty quick rate. Uh, I don't know. I I, I got to be happy. Are you are you happy, Mike? You got to be happy. Yeah, totally happy. I think the the Boyan Bogdanovich trade. You see that you get happy. Um, yeah. The KJ McDaniel's <laughs> you, one. You see that you get you happy. Get happy. Uh, yeah. The KJ McDaniel's one is like that's a fun like oh my GM's so smart. Look how great he is. And <laughs> as I said, like that. There's I just I love looking at this draft is so unique. Because there's like all these great guys at the top, but then there's all these crazy dudes. There's like a French dude named Jean Vajon, something crazy. Who is oh, like Jean Vajon? He's like yeah, Jean Vajon. He's lay missing it up. Um, <laughs> he he's like I don't know, seven eight wingspan, super skinny, can shoot threes. There's a ton of dudes like that. Mm. That you have a feeling that Marx is going to go out and you know get one of those guys and figure mm-hmm. it out. But um, I don't know. I think. I, I, this is my almost best case scenario besides you getting two first round picks for Brooke. Because, you yeah. know, if you get two first round picks for Brooke from a middle of the road team, I think you go do that. Um, mm-hmm. but right below that is getting a first round pick for a guy who wasn't going to be on your team next year in Boyan Bogdanovich and, you know, creating a little bit of hope, a little bit of movement, grabbing a guy like Nicholson who has a shot at, you know, being, uh, you know, a uh, Trevor Booker light type player, not like the way they play, but you know, just the value he'll present. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I well, just and, and the, a conversation that we always have too, and we'll reprise it again for the millionth time is, you know, if you trade Brooke Lopez and you have four first round picks and your team's terrible, you do want a, you know, a, a good sort of star ish vet presence to, to buoy the picks that you have. So that you're not just hard abysmal, you know, and that's an important, an important tract to take. So another good reason not to trade Brook Lopez at this juncture. True yeah. or false? And the, exactly, that's 100 percent true. The and the Nets are abysmal, but they're delightfully abysmal, right? Yeah, getting getting more delightfully abysmal. Yes. Um, slowly but surely. You want to do news around the league? Uh, you know what? We should do mail first because it'll touch on some other stuff. Let's do it. Okay, you just uh. Don't hit the mail drop. Mail time. <laughs> um, but I will, if you can hear it, shout out your boy, Leroy Green. Um, thanks for hitting us up, Leroy. So he's going, we went happy or not happy, which... Um, Great game. That's, that's the kind of people that we are. We, we, 
That's how we talk to each other. Um, but he goes, so what grade do you give Marks on his first trade deadline? I'm giving him a B plus. I actually like Nicholson. I also suspect KJ, uh, KJ will be a pleasant surprise. A Lynn, KJ, RHJ, Brooke lineup will be a defensive force. I don't know about that, but, um, well, you know, people like, like people on Twitter say, Mike, you, you get a, uh, Lynn's a lockdown defender. So you got to watch out for that. Um, Michael. I no, he's not. I give, <laughs> I give Sean Marks a B. He's he's pretty good, Mike. You got to give him a little bit more credit than he had been. I haven't seen him play basketball in a while, so I don't yeah. really don't know, Brian. Yeah. I love I love queuing you up for this. You know who I've seen? Yogi Ferrell on the floor. You oh, know wait. what the Mavericks See, did? Easy, come they, on. They're oh, getting boy. rid of Darren Williams so Yogi Ferrell can take over. I just want to say, yeah. I just want to say for everyone that's like, oh, Yogi, it, you know, the Mavericks. Rick Carlisle, have you ever heard of him? He seems to trust you, trust Yogi Ferrell. Mm. Okay. What is that, Ryan? Is that uh, you hear them uh, another yeah, motorcycle? Yeah, that what that was? Must be a gang of them coming off the street now. I love that when they're a bunch of guys get together. Like, let's ride our loud dirt bikes together, <laughs> buddy. Popping wheels. Where, where do they find each other? How do they? Aren't they illegal? Message boards, Brian. Yeah, they're trying they to are? crack down on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what what app are they on? Are yeah, they they're still it? on it. Um, I'm I'm giving him a hard. You know, honestly, I have no criticisms of this thing, I, and I don't want to. I don't want to set a standard where, like, you know, if I can't think of a criticism, I'm going to give him less than an A. I mean, what what is what is the downside to any of the action? It's all, you know, it's at the very least lateral, and at the best, you know, you're getting a couple of pieces that are undervalued on their respective teams, and a pick to have fun with. You know, I, I can't say anything other than A about that. What about you? The only the only negative, and this isn't even a short term thing, a long term thing, is sort of what I was saying is that. You now have Brooke, and you have him on a declining contract, a contract that will extinguish at the end of next year. And if he continues and finishes off that contract with the Nets, probably the team's still not going to be good, and then they have no value anymore. On the mm. one sort of like their one beautiful little chip that they could play. So that's something to watch. I mean, it's it depends on how much they actually improve this offseason. If they do sign a KCP or an Otto – and then grab another player, then maybe they, maybe that's fine. But if you stick with Brooke and that's all you have, and then he just goes away, that's a problem. True. True stuff. Thanks. Are you ready for the next emailer? Yes. You got true boy Stefano DeSantis. Some good names tonight. DeSantis. Um, so... So, By the way, he says, P.S., um, this is for you, Mike. Uh, one of your dads works at Loyola, Maryland. Yes. He, he's a, he's an alum, so that's cool. Yes, my dad. Yes, thank you. What does he do there? He's a career counselor. Mm, Stefano, is. did anybody counsel you on your career? Maybe it was Mike said it. Anyways, he said, my question for you is the following. Which six members of the current Nets would you want to watch on the Jersey Shore TV show? Sure. Um also, I'm going to miss thinking about how hair gel would have done boy on wander wonders on and off the court for the show. I got to disagree with you there. I think you're going to compound a lot of Boyan's problems with yeah. some hair gel. <laughs> yeah, because you, that, you that's, slick that back. That gels it together. It sticks, and, sticks and it together. And you're pinky ring away from, from yeah. slinging these scars. Oh. Um, but, Sorry, but yeah, Boyan. so six members. Quick, Mike, off the top of the dome, who you got? Um, obviously, Brooke. Obviously, well, it would have been um, Marcus Thornton if he was still on the team, but he's not on the team anymore. No, he's he's. I mean, as as fun as his game would, is, you he, would he put Brooke on Jersey Shore. 
Are you kidding me? Yeah, I guess that's not. Well, okay. I've always wondered okay. this. Okay, so let me say something. Here are the right <laughs> answers, Brian. You ready for the I've right answers? Wondered, I've always wondered this. Like, what would happen if, if a like I'm a I'm a pretty Mike. What's going on there? Uh, it, Mike, it's just it's just my dog. <laughs> it's just Georgie. It's not coming up on the microphone. I guarantee. Um, actually, I don't know that. I was lying. <laughs> I'm hearing it pretty loud and clear. Um, but so I've always wondered what like I like just a like a totally neutral, not really like, you know, expressly extroverted person like I like me would be like on one of these shows going to these clubs with these people. I'd be I would seem I wonder how how either lame I would seem or like whether I would be a sort of like, you know, Greek chorus for for the audience. Like I would sort of, you know, and be, they need that producers need that character. They need a guy yeah. on the show or a girl on the show who can be like, what Which, the heck like, is they, going on here? They kind of had that with Vinny on the Jersey Shore, um, but but then again, he was still very much part of that world, so so it was a bit of a fudge job. Um, so having said that, I don't know if Brooke is necessarily like you know neutral. I know that he's slightly on the introverted side of the spectrum. All right, do you want um, the right answers, or, or, or are you going to? Yeah, this? Give, give me the right okay. answers. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson has to be on there, just you know, unique, sort of out yeah. there doing his thing. Gets fired up. Booker's got to be out there. Old vet. He's been through the the battles, the wars. You want the you want the extroverts. That's what you want. Yeah, and I, I think he I think he's fine out there. You kind of want Scola out there, international flavor. Someone sure. kind of coming. Great hair. You can notice him on the beach, ready yeah. to go, ready to party. I he think. Al- yeah, he, he also. I mean, he looks Italian, like an Italian American. So you want Jeremy Lin out there because on all these shows on MTV, there's always the religious one. I mean, we remember the Mormon from Real ha- from not Real Housewives, Real World. The Mormon. What's her name? Julie, my wife's backing me up. Julie, you always want the religious one to sort of be um, to counteract the debauchery that happens. Mm, mm-hmm. And then, and then I guess you go Isaiah, Isaiah Whitehead. Just you just want the young buck. You just want the young buck out there going crazy, going wild, <laughs> young buck doing his thing. Uh, I think Selling did you say Spencer oats. Dinwiddie? Did I? Sorry, I phased out there. I was reading the next one. You didn't say Dinwiddie, did you? No, but we do love Dinwiddie's going to well, be on the pod based on his Twitter profile. Come on. Uh, so w- any any Dinwiddie heads out there who know him, give us a shout. Uh, we are. I just want to talk about Dragon Ball, the new Dragon Ball on uh, on Adult Swim that's coming out. Because he wa- he's got a Dragon Ball thing on his Twitter. That's why. Anyways, anyway, moving yeah, on. Uh, yeah. Next is this is your ch- your boy, Samer Al Sabag. Um, Al. Oh, here comes an ambulance. What's going on tonight? Wait, my window's open. Hang on. Hang on, Mike. Oh, I love it. It's not. It's great. You know. Oh God, what is going on tonight? Um, just a circus out there, Michael. Um, okay, so he says. And now my. Edit this. Sorry. Okay. What's up, guys? My name is Samer. That's S A M E R. Some Samer. Samer. And I've been listening to your show since I found out about it last year. Um, as a podcast, you guys are entertaining and informative at the same time. Thank you, Samir. Yeah, but you should have um, been with us earlier. Yeah. No, thank um, you, Samir. Oh, and by the way, to the other guy, love love you guys. Love everybody that emails. That's netspod at gmail.com. I should probably wow. pepper that in once in a while. What is that? That was me saying, wow. Look at yeah. you just throwing that stuff in there. Good for you, I, bro. I, you know, I'm an old pro now. Um, anyway, since the deadline is come and gone, we now have two first-round picks and a couple new guys to see how they develop with this coaching staff. How how do my main question is, 
now my main question is, what do you think our offseason priorities should be? Sign young guys with potential? Try to be as competitive as possible so we don't give Boston a good pick? What should we be expecting? Brian, what, do you, what should we be expecting? What do you feel? Um, gosh, who knows what to expect? I mean, I think I think we all have a, a, a sense of the, the kind of talent we can lure to this team. I don't know that it moves the needle to the point where, you know, we need to be going all in on being competitive very soon. Um, but, you know, Mike, you, you know better than I do about what uh, Otto Porter and Contavious Caldwell Pope are thinking about coming on the Nets um, because you're – you're a little bit more into that world of middling <laughs> wing players <laughs> that are getting offered max contracts. And yeah. I mean, I, I will say one thing about this is that Marks didn't offer the max as restricted free agents, right? So there is a possibility that he's not going to go after Otto and Contavious Caldwell Pope because those guys are going to get max contracts, most likely. He's maybe looking at guys it's who are just bonkers that those two are going to get. I mean, it's really bonkers, Mike. Dude, Otto Porter. I mean, he's just I has mean, been having an insane season. Just watching him play, it's really this guy's. It's like the best three point shooter in the league, percentage wise, which doesn't make any sense. He fits yeah. everything. The only thing is that, like, if he suddenly was the guy on the Nets, he would not be good. If the Nets signed him to a max contract he, and he signed with the team, yeah, of course, that's not a good thing. No, of course, that's not a good thing for the Nets. So maybe Marks doesn't. I think what. I think Marks does keep t- targeting the Tyler Johnsons, the guy who like shows flashes for four months. And they're like, all right, let's just let's throw something at him that he's not expecting, and see if guys matches. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. But you know what you do? You you just in the off season you tell Karis Levert that he's got the keys to this franchise, and just let it and just see what happens. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that's that's how you run a basketball team, right? That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, priorities free agency wise, there's not a still not a ton we can do. Ultimately, Mike, right? We're still kind of handcuffed to a not great situation. Yeah, and that's why they they're gonna have to go after guys that are let's say two belows the top tier, the third tier, if you would. Yeah. And they're just gonna have to overpay for those guys. And you hope that one of those like they got lucky that that Portland matched for Allen Crabb because he's not that good. Um, they could have used Tyler Johnson because he looks to be pretty good. So what's going to yeah. happen is that they're going to – Marks is going to throw out these contracts hoping that these guys are going to play up to that potential, but it's going to be 50-50. So we'll see. Did you just get a, a sign on your end too? I feel like we got dual sirens going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happen? Actually, I did, yeah. Do I need to Google something? Did something happen? Gosh, what's going I'm on? I'm worried now. By the way, can I, can um, I do a quick uh, international news? Please. Um, so I just got an alert from Washington Post. Kim Jong-un's half-brother was killed with a banned chemical weapon. So we know he was killed, right? You remember that? Yeah, that of course. Story? Uh, Malaysian police say that, that that's the source. Uh, and there, that suggests a level of sophistication. Um, just wanted mm. to update everyone on Kim Jong-un's <laughs> half-brothers. We'll be following this story closely as it murder. develops. Um, in the meantime, I want to hear from your boy. Tynan Burgess. Some great names tonight. Um, Tynan, Tynan, Chiboy, uh, thanks for hitting us up. Uh, says Marks said today that he wasn't actively shopping Lopez. Do you believe this, or do you think he was but couldn't find a good offer? Oh, this is well, that's a, a nuanced question and asking a lot of our mole that we don't have in the front office. Or do we? Um, Yogi Ferrell was it? Uh, <laughs> not that he was, but. 
Uh, I think it's so we're debating the phrase actively shopping, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're debating that act that, and I think that Marx was not actively shopping in terms of my definition of actively actively shopping, which would be, um, hey, calling every team. What would you want for Brooke Lopez? And then trying to find that. I think he was listening uh, as another phrase that we hear a lot at this time of the year, but I don't think he was actively shopping because it doesn't make like sense. It makes him desperate. They wanted to put out in the media at the very least that they were very much on the passive end of any deal making that was going on. Um, they, they made extra special sure to put that out there on a couple of fronts, right? Is that is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. And also, can I say this? I love, I actually love this all star break that they, that, yeah. that now they have the trade deadline. They've all-star game yeah. a, a, a week off, and then all the week is is just trade deadline because that's all people care about anyways. This Dude, whole, what? I, I tuned into the all-star game, and I was no, no, no. I watched like – it's like 10 minutes of John Legend, and I was like, I, I can't watch any – I can't watch any more of this. I have to turn this off now. I really I have to do something else with my time. This is John, not constructive. John Legend's on my S list because – that he's one of those guys who who somehow has figured out to become ubiquitous on All Star Games and Grammys, but mm-hmm. like, would you go to one of his concerts? Would you sit no, through that crap? No, no, you couldn't. I mean, I'm trying to think of the number you'd have to pay me. You know, probably got he probably is an amazing human and like a you know sure great husband, you know, right. beautiful man. Yeah, totally. But, love him. But you great couldn't. Guy. I think it would cost Horrible at least a thousand dollars. And I'm not saying that because like I'm a you know I'm a I'm not a wealthy man. That's just how little I would care to go to one of these things. I would need access to the Billboard Lounge, <laughs> <laughs> so you can make so you can make uh, you can make a dent in that bottle of Patron. Finally, oh, uh, I'm still thinking about that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, next up, we got Cheerboy. This is Joshua Williams. Now, that's a name I know how to pronounce. Um, <clears throat> love the moves Sean Marks did. I love you, first of all, Josh Williams, for emailing and everyone else that emailed before him. I, I freaking love you guys, man. Um, anyways, it, sh- it showed that he has a plan and doesn't do any panic deals. Uh, but other than that, do you think we trade both <laughs> both our picks <laughs> to move higher in the draft this summer? Uh, something that occurred to me, obviously. I, I'm sure it occurred to you, too. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that you're, you probably put in some phone calls about. And if you get high enough, you, you do it right. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure that's on the table. I just don't think, so I was saying, I think maybe it was, uh, it was Josh who tweeted this at us. This is just like, not every draft is technically top heavy, right? The talent is always at the top, but like there's a certain cutoff at like 11 that after that, then it's sort of a big mystery. So I find it tough to believe that some team's going to say, actually, I want two guys in the later rounds. Like, it doesn't make sense, really, mm-hmm. to for any team to trade back in the draft for multiple picks. And they do it. They do it for like you know, like you were saying in the in the mid teens. You know, increase your chances a little bit, but you know, it's it's ultimately a wash, and you know, your your chances. I mean, I could actually see Marks considering trading one of his first round picks if there's someone that he like, like a player he likes in terms of that is in the league right now. Let's say like, let's say this Pacer situation just completely tanks, and he talks to Larry Bird and says, "I want I don't know who it would be Monte Ellis and Rodney Stuckey." You know, like I could see Marks doing that actually more than being yeah. able to trade up because I just don't think trading up is a possibility. Yeah, but that's yeah, me. you're probably right. Anyways, that's all the emails for tonight. Thanks, guys. Um, Mike, why don't you run the uh, the the news? Hey, you, Mike. I get the. Uh, 
I got the Irish music playing on this one for you. I thought you'd like that. Um, so let me introduce you to ABPN's newest sponsor, uh, the Glue Guy's newest sponsor. This is Handy.com and the Handy app. Uh, so I think everyone's favorite apps are the ones that actually make your life a lot easier. Um, and Handy most definitely locks that in. So uh, I was, so I, I reached out to them actually because I, I used them not too long ago. Um, I had to uh, move and I had to get my, so if you're a person like me and you get a bad back and you know, you gotta, you got a podcast to attend to, you can't be, you know, bogged down, you know, cleaning your carpets and putting together Ikea furniture and moving your boxes when you move and all that. And it's just a very busy time. So I took out the iPhone, found a five star rated pre-approved pro within about a minute. It took me no time at all. Set a time and a date. Guy shows up right on time, fully ready to go. All got all the equipment. Uh, I didn't have to sweat any of the little stuff that I hate. Uh, so Handy is helping ABPN and the Glue Guys, you know, bring the best pods to the net uh, by sponsoring the network. Um, and they're offering listeners 15% off by using the promo code Almighty15. That's Almighty15 at checkout for their first time using Handy.com uh, or the Handy smartphone app. So make your life easier, and ipso facto, if you can support the podcast, all you got to do is use the promo code Almighty15 at checkout. All right, news around the league. Um, a couple of things I want to hit on. So obviously, the the biggest trades have already happened um, in terms of Demarcus and Surge and all those things. So today was sort of a wash. Mostly, what we found out about was that the discussions around Paul George and Jimmy Butler, but none of those happened. Um, and as interesting as the trade possibilities were, just didn't happen. Um, a couple of things I want to say. One is this Darren Williams thing, and I got to talk about it. <laughs> you gotta. It's so it makes me so mad that mm, let um, it out, brother. Someone who so poisoned this situation in Brooklyn, it will be given a chance to ride the the beautiful Santa Claus sleigh that is the Cleveland Cavaliers, and mm-hmm. he'll be able to play eighteen minutes a game on the floor with either Kyrie. Kevin Love or LeBron, and he's going to probably get a ring. And it's a situation where he doesn't deserve a ring, and it makes me upset, Brian. Not the first guy to win a ring you didn't deserve, Mike. Come on, you got to let it go. You can't live your life like this. And it's no, but it's this specific person. It's also because there's also some nastiness. Like, why are the why are the Mavs just letting him go? Like, Mark Cuban. It's a weird situation. He's just like, yeah, you can just go, Darren. That's a weird that's, situation. That's that's how people feel about Darren Williams, Mike. That's yeah, how, maybe that's, that's a smart. That's, that's they're like, you could, yeah, you could just go. You could go. Doesn't it bother you? Doesn't it bother you in the least bit that he's going to get to go? He's he's been bought out by the Mavericks. It, Mavericks it doesn't bother me even a little bit because guess what? I have Yogi Ferrell on my fantasy team, <laughs> and we're about to make a late playoff run here, and I feel like he's about to blow. Okay, I hear you. So that's the silver lining for me. I was I was stoked to hear it. All right, that's news around the league. Okay, that's it. Wow, that's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, because really, I'll, I'll say it's the trade deadline. Like the big stuff happened before the day, and there was rumor of Paul George and Jimmy Butler, but didn't happen. Um, no, it's good. It's good stuff, man. Um, you know, no, it's normal. It's like a you know a good fifty minute show. It's perfect. All Sweet right. spot. Uh, so thank you for listening. Check out all – if you're a fan of other basketball teams in the Nets, I don't know why you would be, but if you are, 
check out the Almighty Baller Network. There's we've tons of podcasts um, for for team specific pods, and also, and also yes, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say Nets Daily. Again, we're on it, and uh, some good stuff is coming out. You also there's a lot to read about the trade deadline stuff on Nets Daily. So read mm-hmm. up, Brian. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to hit the books after this, Mike. Uh, have a good one, Brian. Hey, right back at you, Mike, and to the listeners. Thanks for hanging out. Catch you next time. (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks for listening.